Welcome to episode number 37 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. Last week, if you'll remember, we talked about, um, you know, when things get hard and how to handle it. And, um, and what's interesting is that over the past week or two, I've had a couple conversations with clients and some colleagues about how helpful that uh, podcast was. And so I wanted to give you a part two because the main question that I got for follow-up was, but how do I actually allow my emotions to be there? Like, how do I do that? And so I want to just dive into it and give you the skill that I use and that I also use with my clients so that, you know, maybe it's useful for you, for you too. This morning, I took a six-mile walk with Stella. We went and uh, went through the Metro Parks and took in a lot of the leaves. And here in Cleveland, Ohio, and in more broadly in Northeast Ohio, we've seen all, most of the leaves fall. Um, but we're in this strange little period of weather, which is just bizarre. It's about you know high 60s during the day and sunny and gorgeous, and you know feels like a real fall, right? But which is strange in Cleveland because I mean it's kind of up for grabs. It could be snowing here. It could be, you know, flip flop weather, and it's just kind of, you know, that's how it goes here. Um, November is certainly a month where we get some more intense weather, but but right now we're enjoying a a, a nice um, spread of really sunny days, and so I took advantage this morning, and I was reminded how beneficial it is to get outside and to get into nature and to put my AirPods away and to sit and to watch the water and to explore and to be curious and to not do. And most of you will relate to this, that we do, many of us lead pretty busy lives. And whether it's being a parent, being a full-time worker, being a partner, being a house manager, being a short order cook, you know, and every other, you know, role that you play, transportation manager, you know, fixer of all of the sore, you know, muscles and uh, the ingrown toenails. I mean, like, I feel like, you know, sometimes I, if I had a CV for all of the things that I do around the house, it would be a, a million pages long. That's at least what it feels like sometimes. So to be a person who says, you know what, I'm just going to go and be for a little bit and take some time and I'm going to make sure that I commit to all my massive action during the week and I get my shit done and and then I'm going to sit and then I'm going to walk and then I'm going to be and I'm going to allow, you know, myself to be present with what's around me and um, so it was really good. So I can't stress enough that if you are not someone who takes time to get outside and you're looking for a way to maybe improve your health, uh, you know, you could start with meditation. Highly recommend it. I think it's a wonderful tool and intervention. Um, and some of you, if you know meditation feels a little bit far off, I would just recommend put yourself outside, take your shoes off and walk on the ground, walk on grass, allow yourself to be grounded to feel the earth and to be present with it. Not, not you know, in spite of it, not alongside of it, but with it and see what it does for you. I mean, there is such things called forest bathing for a reason, right? You go out into nature, immerse, immerse yourself in the beauty of uh, what's around you and, and reminding yourself, right, of where we come from and, um, and the seasonality uh, and the change and the constant evolution that is in nature by default always occurring right nothing stays stable in nature um that would be almost impossible to see 
stable, right? Stability in nature, right? The only thing that's stable in nature is that it's always changing. The leaves are falling or they're turning. Um, the lavender is blooming or it's dying. The peach tree is blossoming, it's bearing fruit, or it is completely barren with no leaves, no blossoms, and nothing to speak of, right? So, so just uh, can you allow yourself to you know, be out there? And, um, and, and for many of you, I think this may be a more enjoyable time of the year. And um, so, so take advantage. I encourage you. These days are few and far between. And like I said, here in Cleveland, it's going to start snowing soon. It's inevitable that we're going to get into the 40s. We're going to get into more gray days because that's what happens here in Cleveland. And so I always like to take advantage when I can. So, so let's talk about anger and let's just set the stage because anger is kind of gets a bad rap and I think that's part of the issue for many of us which is if we have been brought up in homes or in cultures or with religious upbringing that reminded us you know very very often that we are to be the ones who hold things together we're the ones to um, raise the children to deal with all of the ups and downs of the emotions, to always be present, to always be giving to the children, to the family. We're the ones to, um, you know, get dinner on the table. We're the, you know, we're the super moms, right? If, if, if we've grown up, and many of us have, I have in particular, with this idea and this training about, you know, what motherhood looks like and what being a woman looks like, and very interestingly, anger really isn't a part of that. And when we look at it historically, uh, it's important to note that there is a um, there is a historical perspective that's important to understand, which is that hysteria, right, was this disease that was um, coined many many years ago and related to the maybe you know flux of emotions that women would feel. And, um, and it, it, at times before medical professionals or, or people who were healers had an understanding of the innate workings of the body, um, uh, you know, a male uh, coined this term hysteria as the wandering uterus and, uh, and essentially, you know, made it really bad for women to have signs of anger and high emotions, right? Or to see that the emotions get big and then the emotions come back down. And I mean, look, if we're being honest, you know, I mean, I use a marina. And so the the reality is I don't see much of a menstrual cycle at, I mean, at all in terms of menstrual bleeding. I do experience some of the ups and downs still of the menstrual cycle. And, um, and I mean, if you're, if you have, if you are a human who menstruates, and you have ever not been on a hormonal method that has quelled most of those symptoms, you are you can probably relate to this that our moods fluctuate and they go up and down and up and down. And they, they correspond very often to the hormones that are in our cycles. And I think when we start to look at it from a medical perspective, it's easier to say like, oh yeah, of course. I mean, when we see a rise in estrogen and progesterone, we may see that um, you know there's um, there's more interest in sex and that rise in testosterone that accompanies it and and then we right in the in all leading up to that in uh, the first half of the cycle and then the second half of the cycle 
you know, really seeing some of those hormones drop off and seeing the initiation of the you know, menstrual bleeding. And, and I think from a medical perspective, it's easy to kind of look at it and be like, oh yeah, of course, the hormones change. And so therefore those hormones may influence the moods we have or how we feel. And, and we all understand, many of us, I would say, understand uh, PMS, right? We understand some of those big emotions and how big they feel when estrogen levels really get, you know, drop to a low and it initiates, you know, the onset of menstrual bleeding and so so i think from that standpoint we we can look at it or maybe it's just me maybe i can just look at it from a medical perspective and say oh yeah of course that happens of course that the hormones change they fluctuate and of course there are corresponding symptoms uh, changes in our mood and, and symptoms that we see and even within that definition even within that perspective of hormonal changes, I still don't think we talk about anger very much. Because I think we've, many of us, or maybe I won't speak for you and I'll just speak for myself, but the the training I think that I've had and the story that I've been told and I think now in turn tell myself, although it's changing, is that, you know, anger is a bad thing. And for many years, I would look at, you know, the moments in maybe my relationship or, um, you know, a, a relationship with a girlfriend or, you know, my um, marriage and say, you know, when when anger came up, that it felt really scary and that it felt really bad, right? Like, oh, this is terrible. And then subsequently, what happens? Well, when you think anger is bad and you think it's a emotion that you shouldn't have because, you know, you've been told for years, like, just not appropriate, like, just figure your shit out. Or maybe you just didn't have the the uh, emotional, you know, upbringing where it was okay to be angry and it was okay to express your emotions. And it was a, you know, emotionally safe space that was created for you to just be who you were. I think when we start to look at it from that perspective, you know, anger, it becomes this emotion that, you know, many of us, I think, are tell ourselves, oh, no, no, I, sh- I shouldn't feel that way, right? And what happens when you, when anytime when we, the shoulds kick in, right, you start to shit all over yourself, you got to remember, like, you're just fighting with the reality of what is, right? I should, right, my partner should be more loving, or my kids should be more well-behaved, or I should be thinner, right? And, and you know, we're just literally fighting with what is, Right? If my kids are in the middle of a temper tantrum and I'm like, they shouldn't be this you know, poorly behaved, I'm just fighting with the reality of what is. And, right, and Byron Katie says, you know, we've talked about this a little on the podcast, but Byron Katie says, right, like, you only get suffering 100% of the time when you fight with reality, right? Like, it's only 100% of the time, so, so choose wisely. Um, but anger in particular, I think it's a bad rap for many of us. And, and so I just want to explore it in terms of understanding, you know, giving us a little bit of context around it. And then certainly, you know, giving you always some tools so that when you can name the fact that you feel anger, um, you know, what you can do about it and how you can allow it to be there. And one of the things that's interesting too about anger is that in our language, we don't have very many um uh, descriptors for the feeling of anger that most people are comfortable using. Because what's interesting is that when we feel anger, very often, you know, there's a lot of versions. And I'm grabbing my feeling wheel, there's a lot of versions of anger, right? The anger can, um, or from kind of the standpoint of anger, we may within there feel frustrated, uh, we may feel critical, dismissive, numb, withdrawn, hostile 
provoked, jealous, furious, violated, indignant, ridiculed, bitter, mad, humiliated, let down, resentful, betrayed, disrespectful. I mean, so isn't that interesting? There are, right, all of those emotions really stem from anger. And so we very often, when we talk about anger, we don't talk about bitterness, resentment, aggression, uh, distance, annoyance, infuriation, um, jealousy, violation, indignant, right? We just talk about anger. And so I want you to just notice, oh, is it anger or is it something a little bit more? If I could name that emotion, which is such a key and critical component. We talked about this last week. It's a critical component to just knowing, right? To feel, to like, if you want to get on the path to feeling better, start naming your emotions. Start bringing awareness to, what do I feel? Where is it in my body? Like, oh, I feel anger and I feel it like tingling in my shoulders and I feel it, you know, like um, everything tenses up and I feel this, uh, this, this kind of, fierceness, this aggression that's like building. It's like this. It's like a, a pot where, you know, if you've got a pot of water um, on the stovetop and it's like a simmer, but it's not yet a full rolling boil, like that's what it feels like in my body with anger. But what's interesting, right, is it's very often not only anger. It's If I dig a little deeper, then I can start to see, but wait, am I annoyed? Am I hostile? Am I provoked? Am I bitter? Am I frustrated? Am I betrayed? Right? Am I ridiculed? Right? Because they're all a little bit different. And I would imagine if you look back and think about maybe within the past two weeks, have you had a moment where you got angry or you felt angry? Well, let's look at it. Was it really anger? Was it something else? So, so number one, you know, we always with anger, we, we notice it. And then number two, I think it's important to just be aware that anger, our English vocabulary for outbursts and anger really focuses on anger. And I would also add there are so many other emotions that where anger may be at the root of it, but it doesn't sum up the whole the whole thing, right? Like bitterness stems from anger, but it doesn't, you know, bitter being feeling bitter and feeling angry are kind of two different things. And maybe you can feel that in your body. I mean, just think about the last time that you were really bitter about the fact that maybe somebody got a raise and you didn't, right? Like it may stem from anger, but you're like, no, I'm I'm angry, but I like I'm really fucking bitter. Okay, like don't talk to me about a fucking bonus right now because I'm bitter as fuck, right? So notice, see how different that is, right? It stems from anger, but it's you know it's 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 more encapsulated by taking that next step and saying, okay, but. What else is it? What is it more deeply? Um, and you know, if you're like, what are you? Where are you getting all these emotions? I use an emotion wheel that I bought on Amazon, and I use it with a lot of my, you know, I use it in every session pretty much that I do with clients, and I use it myself when I'm, um, you know, doing cognitive behavioral technique and when I'm trying to process through process something, whether it's anger or frustration or bitterness, it really, really helps me to be able to name that emotion. And I notice that, you know, and Mark Brackett talks about this in Permission to Feel, which I know I've mentioned on the podcast before but this is a book that talks about emotional and social regulation and and we know that when you begin to number one develop your awareness of when you're feeling something 
And then number two, develop your vocabulary and name it. it it's it, it. These are foundational components to processing emotions, to being emotionally intelligent, to developing your self-awareness, and um, and ultimately in, our, in the field, in the work that we do, to becoming more resonant leaders, to becoming more present for maybe our children, to becoming you know the best listeners and providers and clinicians that we can be. So so notice anger when you feel angry and ask yourself, is there something else that's going on, right? And if you don't want to have a wheel in your office like I do, you know, you can Google it, look at the emotion wheel and say, what am I feeling right now? What is it? And for some of you, then you're going to, you know, some of you may notice that you feel something in your body like anger. And then you may say to yourselves, Why, what is going on? What's, what's making me think? What's making? What's causing this feeling of anger in me? What am I thinking that's producing this level of, of anger? And those are, I think, are two wonderful steps to really start if you're on the path of, you know, looking at something like anger. If it's been something for you that you know you've buried down over the the years or or really not allowed yourself to feel. Furthermore, I think the next step is that you know when you become a person who right, can name the emotion, you're aware of it happening, you can name it, you can say, boy, I feel really, really mad, I feel really provoked right now, right, or I feel really violated, then what can we do about it? Well, you know, very often when we, I talk with clients and we use cognitive behavioral technique, we talk about, you know, the actions that we can take when we feel uh, these emotions come up. And, um, and one of the things we know is that very often when emotions arise, we tend to have four patterns that we follow. We either allow them to be there and process them, we, or we do three what I would call maladaptive you know, behaviors. We react, right? We start yelling at the kids. We resist how we feel, and we don't allow ourselves to feel how we do and, and tell ourselves maybe we you know should be you know feel differently than we do or we don't deserve to feel that way or we're terrible humans because we um you know we feel that way and then some of us will just avoid and some of us will be like i'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole but i'm gonna have a glass of wine we will avoid and when you when we avoid we usually look for other things to fill it up so some of us will go and do more work some because we don't want to feel what we're feeling. Some of us will try to distract ourselves. Some of us will try to, you know, go into Netflix and, you know, binge watch a series or something, right? And I mean, think about what you, you know, think about some of the emotions and that you had maybe at the beginning of the pandemic, right? I remember um, we when the pandemic first started and and how much fear-based thinking there was and how much uncertainty there was in the world. And I remember thinking my house is safe, right? Because I'm at least safe in my home if we stay home, right? But I remember thinking before we knew much about transmission and you know droplet precautions and masking, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I just want to get out of this. Like I, I literally just want to, I just want to get out of it. So what did we started doing? Well, you know, we'd have five o'clock cocktail hour, and um, and and very early on when we first shut down, probably in you know late March of 2020, I remember going down into our basement, which we had just finished. We had just uh, literally finished uh, uh, the a redo of our basement with a you know screen up and um, a place a projector so that we could watch movies and you know space for the kids and 
you know, um, and really space for hosting, which, you know, we didn't do for a couple of years. But, um, but I remember going down into the basement and we would get, and so we would play a movie or, you know, with the four of us. And I remember getting so sucked into the movie that I was distracted. And then as soon as the movie turned off, it was like waking up out of a dream being like, oh, hell, we're still in a pandemic. I still don't know much. And I'm still really fucking scared. I don't know if you have had those moments where you or where you're going through a really um, a hard time with grief or loss and all you want is to get out of the pain. And so sometimes we just avoid it. And and look, we're not here to judge any of this, right? I, we In any given day, I allow my emotions, I resist them, I react to them, or I avoid them. And it's it's not a problem. I mean, it's part of the human experience. And to be human is to have a 50-50 life. You know, some days which are magnificent, some days are which are, you know, terrible. And it's okay. And, and, and the majority of which are probably a mix of the, of the two of them or in the middle. So and and so we're not here to judge uh, any of this behavior. So let's just make sure that that you know if the judgment creeps up for you, like it just did for me, of like ooh that's bad. No 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 no. Of course we're humans. Of course, you know how human of us with our human brains and all of these emotions that we feel that you know sometimes we wake up so to speak from these moments and and remember right uh, you know and all that that rush of feeling comes back to us. So, of course, sometimes we may want to go and Netflix or we may want to go and immerse ourselves in a card game or have cocktails to numb some of the pain. I mean, again, we're not here to judge it. My key, though, always is to become more aware of our patterns and then to make intentional choices on what serves us and what doesn't, right? And sometimes it serves in the moment to throw on Netflix and have a day in bed and and watch, you know, the crown again. I mean, sometimes it really is, really is supportive. So, but, so with anger in particular, I think when you, when you start to notice what your pattern is, do I allow my anger to be there? Do I react? You know, do I then spew more anger out into the world because I'm not, you know, processing it and allowing it to be there? I'm not doing the start technique, stop, take a breath. And, um, you know, and I think R is rest, Right. Or I know it's stop, take a breath, and relax. I think it's, but I hate to say relax. Like somebody telling me to relax is, a, is akin to me feeling like I want to punch somebody in the face. I swear, I, I cannot stand being told to relax, right? Probably because deep down I know that it's somebody who just probably can't handle all of my emotion. And I, you know, I, I'm over that, right? Um, but for you, I want you to stop and say, oh, when my anger hits, do I allow it? Do I react to the people around me? Do I resist how I feel again? Do I tell myself, oh, I should not feel this way. This is terrible. This means I'm, you know, my, my marriage is going to, you know, fail or I am a terrible mom or, you know, um, right? Like all the judgment, <clears throat> excuse me, very often and all the shame can kick in. And so... And then the fourth piece of, you know, do I just, just in general avoid it when I feel angry and just hope it's going to go away, right? Have a cocktail, have a gummy, you know, get on my phone, scroll for a few hours. And so once you can identify your pattern, the next step again is always to say, all right, well, is that serving me? What result is it creating for me? 
Do I want to be the person who spews more anger, who erupts like a volcano, who reacts to situations? Do I want to be a person who processes her anger, who names it? <clears throat> do I want to be a person who avoids it altogether? Or do I want to be a person that blames or shames myself or you know, fights with the reality of, of what is? Who do I want to be in the moment? And who do I want to be in the future? And so when we talk more specifically about allowing emotion, you know, a lot of people say, well, how, but, but how do you do that? How do you allow the emotion to be there? And here's what I want to offer to you. Well, how do you allow joy to be there? When joy occurs in your life, do you ask yourself, but how do I allow joy to occur? No, we just let joy occur. When you're in the moment or when your child turns around and looks at you and says, I love you so much, mom. Thank you for what you've done. And I don't know if you have those moments in your household. Sometimes they they come around some somewhat infrequently, and and when I have those moments and am re, the recipient of that gratitude from one of my children or my partner, I my it's like my heart feels like it's about to burst and explode, right? And I don't I look I don't stop that. I don't look at it and say, but how do I allow that to be there? No, I just literally sit there in the moment. And I'm present for it and I don't push it away and I don't necessarily need or want more of it but I just soak it all up and soak it all in right it's the same thing with um, um, with you know excitement or um, you know being um, surprised or um, feeling proud right when I feel proud do I allow that to be there well for some of you you may not I mean for some of us we've been taught that you know not to boast and not to be too proud because you know for Christ's sakes don't look better than anybody else around you and don't be too big for your britches kind of you know argument so pride might not be a good one but how about for joy or when I feel you know confident or when I feel aroused or when I feel valued? Do I have to ask myself, but how do I allow that to be there? No, very often we just allow it. If I'm in the middle of an award ceremony and somebody's talking about my accomplishments and you know, and, and thanking me and donning me with some sort of award, do I just allow myself to be there in the moment and soak it up? Yeah, of course. Right when I'm when the uh, Guardians win a playoff game, am I asking myself when you know we're in the ninth inning and we come back to beat the you know Yankees in a game and and there's a grand slam uh, at the end, right? Am I like asking myself in the moment like how do I feel joy right now? No, I just like fucking jump up and down and I feel joy. I feel so excited and I scream and I high five the people around me and I just. Right, but so so just ask yourself. So, well, actually, step back. If your brain offers to you, I don't know how to do this. I would say, is that true? Is it true? We don't know how to do anger. We know how to do a lot of the other emotions. But what I would say is that very often, for many of us, um, the you know our brains would have us think that if we were to feel anger, it will be terrible. And furthermore, if you have conditioning or social programming around, you know, from cultural or religious influence or family influence, that anger is a bad thing to have, then yes, in that moment, you will be like, oh, but no, I can't feel that. And I don't even know how to feel that, which I would say isn't really true. We know how to get angry. We just, many of us have been taught for years that angry isn't appropriate for us. And so we shouldn't feel that way. And we certainly shouldn't spew it. And we certainly shouldn't, uh, you know, um, you know, get it, let it get in the way of doing all of our household duties and, you know, and, and being moms, right? 
But we don't interestingly have that same conversation or see that same conditioning or programming for men. Anger is very acceptable for men. And so, and, and there's a reason for that, right? That, that's the, the social and cultural kind of upbringing that men have in society, that they can get angry and that that's okay. And women can cry and it's called hysteria, right? Or women can have big emotions too and it's a bad thing, right? There's just these labels that have been applied. And so if, you're, if we're willing to look at it and just say, okay, so there's some reasons I might want to not want to feel it and I might question whether I can feel it. And also my brain, if I'm operating from a place of big emotions and mostly, you know, a place of fear, or anger, and the emotional part of my brain kicks in, you know, very often when emotions go high, intelligence tends to run low. And so it's, you know, it's not surprising that we go to this, this place of like, oh, but I don't know if I can do that, right? It's like this very fear-basing of like, I don't know if that's a good thing for me to get angry. But why not, right? Our other thought may be like, well, if I get really angry, I'm not going to be know how to stop. I'm not going to know how to what to do with it. And I would say, I don't know if that's true either. Actually, it's a, it rates the same conversation around joy and excitement and pride and curiosity and success and hope and optimism, right? Like we don't ask ourselves when optimism gets really you know big and we get super active. We don't ask ourselves like, but how am I going to feel that? We don't get scared of it. Because it's positive emotion. Negative emotions, though, we tend to really question, can I handle that? Can I do it? So um, so notice if that's the conversation going in your, on in your brain, like this is a feeling and anger is going to be really bad. Like if I, you know, get feel this anger, like it may actually turn into rage, right? A lot of this is a common conversation I have with clients, right? But what if I get so angry that I can't control it? I'm so, you know, full of rage. And I think it's interesting because, I mean, well, I don't know. What if we do have rage? Is it a terrible thing? I mean, right? Like, there are ways to allow rage to be there that aren't destructive, that aren't detrimental to the people around us, that are, and, and to do it in a way that's safe, not only for ourselves, but for the you know humans who are around us. And those include things like, you know, if you've ever heard of rage rooms, right? Being able to go and rent out a space where you can grab a bat and you can go and break plates for a while. Right or um, you know um, there was a, a place in Chicago that was like an old garage that, um, that one gal had and she would buy antique plates and you could go in there and you could just like take a bat to them or right we see this sometimes with an old car um, for you know some of the homecoming games right having this old car that the kids you know go and they'll like take a baseball bat to it and they'll beat up the car and take out their you know anger and um, and they'll write the opponent's name on the car and right like. It's okay, right? It's an old car. Like, what else are you going to do with it? You know, uh, if it's not at this point been sold for aluminum, why not beat the shit out of it and feel a little bit better? Right? We're not hurting anybody, right? I mean, do you see how we have to kind of rationalize that? But like, oh, I can't do that. Why not? Right? Remember office space? I was just actually talking to these two women from Doximity this week, and we were talking about, you know, feeling rage and all the emotions and being able to allow them and process them. And we were talking, I was in there, I think they're a little bit younger. And I said, hey, have you guys seen Office Space? And they both looked at me. I was like, you need to go watch Office Space because you'll understand it gives a, um, it's a great visual description of what one can do when one feels like tremendous amount of rage and right in office space what does he go he he what does he do when he's so angry he goes out into the the field and takes the printer and takes a baseball bat to it right like that's pure rage 
And what a joy to be able to have an outlet, right, to to let it out of your body, right? Because remember, emotions are just energy in motion. And so our, the job isn't to, when you feel anger, hold it in. It's just to process it and to allow it, right? One of the other reasons um, that, um, you know, I walk very often is to process emotion, to make sure that I keep the energy moving in my body and so that I can move some of it out. One of the reasons I shake my hand sometimes, right? We see with... Um, you know, moving some parts of the body that we can actually physically move some of the motions out. One of the other ones I uh, mentioned to a client earlier this week was the silent scream. So if you um, ever, you know, get to a point where you're like, I'm so angry right now. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to make a scene. This is me actually a couple days ago. I was really angry walking the dog in the morning. It's 5.30. And, um, you know, I was coming around the the bend and I was so angry. And I thought I would love to just scream right now, like scream bloody murder. I'm so fucking angry. And I thought if I scream bloody murder at 5.30 in the morning, people will be absolutely terrified and they'll call the cops. And I thought, I don't want to do that. So so what would I revert to? Well, I did a silent scream, which is where you literally do everything except let the, um, the noise out, right? But you make the facial expressions, you scream without making the noise. And it is therapeutic in a way that I can only tell you is unbelievable. And if you don't believe me, just try it. Just literally try it. Just try to scream. Like get every, clench your fist, you know, open your mouth, like let it rip. Just don't let the the sound out. It's amazing. It's such a fantastic little tool. Um, or if you're just like, I really want to do that, but I really want to let the scream out, fine. Go get in your car. Like put the windows up, go for a drive, go park somewhere where there's nobody around and scream. Scream, grab the steering wheel, like get it out. Like, get it out. Why are we keeping it in? There's no point to keeping it in. It does nothing but fester. And it does nothing but bubble up and come back up in the most you know, undesired times, right? Like, again, when one of the kids does something and then we, you know, and all that anger that we haven't been feeling, so we've been pushing it aside and, you know, we just literally unload on whoever's around and God help them, you know, because it's 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 intense so um so when if you're willing to right again allow those emotions to be there what can that look like well again we talked about a couple ones rage room go break some plates scream to your pillow silent scream when you're walking or even just get out there and walk and move your body and you know help yourself to process through it one of the other tools i use with with my clients is you know, that really helps us to identify a lot of this as cognitive behavioral technique or what's called the model from the life coach school, where we look at the thoughts that create those feelings and we look at the feelings and how they create the actions that we take and whether or not we react, resist, allow, or avoid. And then by doing those actions, the results that we create. And so, you know, this is a, it's such a helpful flame, framework to have and to be able to practice it on a daily basis and to become a person who is aware enough to see when it's happening, right? To spot it when it's happening in herself. And then also then to, to allow it to be there, to, uh, you know, be compassionate towards ourselves. And, um, and then to notice, you know, what results are we creating? And are we okay with that, right? And what do we want to do differently? You know, is it serving us? Because that's ultimately, you know, the, the ultimate, that's the question, right? Being able to make a choice. Do I want to choose to feel my anger or do I want to put it, you know, aside for the moment? When you're in the middle of a professional meeting and, you know, some 
oh, this just happened last, um, maybe about a week or two ago when I was presenting at a conference. I said something um, in the very beginning of the conference, which was, and I was a speaker on a panel and said something to the likes of, and I think this is the best time to be in healthcare because in reality, when it's an absolute total fucking mess, right? You know, when you hit rock bottom, there's a lot of opportunity for improvement. And I think a lot of people heard that and, you know, said it and or maybe thought of it. But, you know, I said it off the bat. And then lo and behold, about 35 or 40 minutes into this panel, uh, hour-long panel, you know, this this uh, man, you know, essentially um, repeats it and says, you know, really when healthcare is at its, you know, worst, you know, there's a lot of opportunity if you're willing to look for it. And And there was kind of this pause. And I thought, I wonder if people heard it the same way when I said it about 30 minutes ago is this guy who just repeated what I said and may actually take some of the credit for saying it because that's just very often what happens, right? So so if, you, if you're in a moment like that where you feel anger and you're like, wow, I'm really annoyed right now because we're just stemming from my anger around, you know, this guy saying the same thing and probably getting credit for it. Right. If I'm sitting on the healthcare panel, I'm like dressed to the nines. I am, you know, representing my brand. I'm representing my company. I'm trying to be there to be supportive and to add value to the conversation of healthcare innovation and technology. And <laughs> so, like, it's not in that moment. I made a choice. Like, oh yeah, I feel really fucking annoyed. I'm just gonna put that to the side for now. I'm going to avoid it strategically because right now is not an appropriate time for me based on what I want, the result I want to create. It's not a good time for me to feel all of that. But you can be sure that, you know, after that, uh, you know, session, I had my own processing of emotions to do. And uh, and I had to have, you know, and I took a moment for myself and, you know, did a model on it and, and kind of looked at why I was angry and, and why why I felt triggered by it, right? And, and also a mental note to say, you know, does it serve me and is that the kind of person that I want to show up as, right? But I couldn't, I, I made a choice in that moment not to do that on the stage. Why? Because I had bigger fish to fry. And I was like, look, I'm going to take my anger my annoyance right now, I'm going to put it like in this little container. I'm going to put the Tupperware top on. I'm going to make sure it is just buttoned the fuck up. And then I'm going to put it in my purse. And when I get home, I'm going to take it out and I'm going to deal with it. Right. That's strategic avoidance. And I, hey, again, we don't judge any of the, any of the action steps that we take, you know, like we discussed. We're just here to, you know, make sure that it serves us. So, so being strategic and you know noticing, oh, okay, is this a safe space for me? Right. Sometimes it really isn't. You may in a professional setting, it may not actually be safe for you to, um, or you may not feel it's safe for you in terms of your professional trajectory or in terms of your team. Right. We uh, we have the same conversation about leadership and you know about being the leader who's vulnerable but not not blatantly scared and operating from a place of fear. Right, because why? Well, we got a team to lead, and you know, it's the same thing. If I'm the midwife who walks into, you know, the labor room, like if I walk in there and I'm operating from a place of fear, and I'm like, "You're never going to have a vaginal birth," right? Like that fear will poison the entire energy in the room. And you guys, you know, if you've been in these situations, how much, as leaders, if we step into the room, our energy affects. There's emotional contagion that occurs, and our energy affects the room in ways that sometimes is even beyond our perception. And so if we can take ownership and say, all right, you know, how do I want to show up here? Do I want to show up from a place of fear? Do I want to show up from a place of love? And, and when I have those moments where I, I exit out of love into anger or fear or, you know, disgust or sadness, whatever it is, 
you know, is in a is that feel like the right time for me to allow it, or do I want to be the person who, you know, has the bigger fish to fry, eye on the prize, and then I put that to the side and I, you know, process it. We just the key is you got to process it at some point, right? We just that's where we get into trouble. We're like, I'm not going to process that. Or we put it on the shelf. And then all of a sudden you look at your shelf and you're like, shit, I've got like 900 Tupperware containers that are sealed so tight. God forbid there's an earthquake because they're all going to open up and it's going to be chaos, like sheer and utter chaos in here. Right. So, um, so I hope I've given you some, um, some key takeaways, you know, from anger in general, it's okay to be angry, despite what you have been taught about anger, anger is a normal human emotion. There are a lot of flavors of anger. And so if you can become an emotion scientist and name how you're feeling, I think it's really helpful. Um, in addition, when you feel anger and you can name it, you know, can you become more aware of when you are resisting it, avoiding it, reacting to it? Or allowing it to be there, and and really at the end of the day, what serves you, right? And um, and are you processing it on the flip side, you know, either in the moment or you know in a safe space that you've created for yourself? We talked about you know breaking plates, rage rooms, silent screams, walking, moving our bodies, and you know, and I would imagine that some of you have um, you know great coping tools for when you feel angry, and I'd encourage you to share them if you know throw them in the comments if you have them, but um, I right so. So, but a lot of strategies here are some really good pearls, I think. Um, and remember, you're a human being who's having all the emotions, and it's just not a problem. It's totally normal, okay, to be a human being who experiences anger and rage and hostility and jealousy and, uh, and you know, indignance and, you know, annoyance and uh, skepticism. And it's all normal. It's all normal. I want you to know that if you take away one thing from this entire conversation, it is normal to be angry sometimes. And sometimes we have to understand when it doesn't serve us, number one, to be angry, or number two, um, to not process that anger and to not deal with it, right? It's always the goal here. Is, it, is this kind of creating the result that I desire? Am I okay with it? Or do I want to do something different? Do I want to, you know, work with a therapist or do I want to explore it or use cognitive behavioral technique and, you know, to reframe and to really look at the results that I'm creating, right? Does it work for me and, and the life I want to live and my version of the good life, right? So it always comes back to for me. So yeah, I don't, I'm pretty sure you probably didn't think I was going to say that being angry was part of living the good life, but it is. It, honest to God, it is. So so, all right, um, go share this with a friend. You know somebody who's angry in your life, and you're like, I think this could be useful for them. Go ahead and share this podcast. And uh, and if you liked it, if it was useful, you know, leave a comment down below. If you're looking for more support in this area and really becoming an emotion scientist and becoming developing that awareness so that your anger doesn't get in the way of you having the business that you want, the relationships that you want, the marriage that you want, you know, I would encourage you to come on over and check us out in our Living the Good Life. We talk about all of this and then some. Uh, we apply a lot of it to business and to, um, you know, how it gets in the way of us you know, creating these amazing businesses in the world that create a lot of impact. But uh, come on over and check us out. We have coach panel coming up. Uh, by the time this podcast airs, um, we will have a coach panel webinar coming up uh, in mid-November. So, um, and with that, you know, conversation about coaching and nursing. And so I encourage you to check that out and sign up. And, um, and then just as a side note, uh, last but not least, we will close the doors to Nurses Living the Good Life in a couple of weeks. And so I 
Uh, we're changing up our model. We are moving over to a different kind of a model. We've got some big changes coming. Those will come out on our email list shortly uh, after probably you hear this uh, episode, if you're, if you're listening when it gets aired. And, um, and we will close the doors and we will, um, we will close enrollment for Nurses Living the Good Life uh, coming up soon here and reopen in 2023. Um, and uh, so if you have thought about getting into Nurses Living Good Life and you're like, I think this is kind of my time, do not miss what I have coming up because this is I, the changes that are coming are big. And, uh, and if you've thought about it or you've been on the fence, this is going to be the right time for you to join, uh, I'm telling you. So so watch out, more to come. Uh, and uh, if you have questions, reach out. But uh, take care and feel all your feelings and feel the anger. And don't let yourself, you know, don't beat yourself up when you do feel it. And, uh, and just remind yourself, all right, of course, I'm a human, having a human experience. And it's okay. So, okay, take care. See you next time.